Did you know that dreamt is the only English word that ends in the letters M-T? We've got all sorts of fun and interesting information and more coming up. We got lots of info. Let's rock and roll. It's Digital with Rhino. Hello and welcome to this episode of Did You Know with Rhino. In case you didn't know, I'm Rhino. This is my show and I know exactly what you're thinking. Dreamt would have been a really weird sequel for Van Halen's dreams. Here at Did You Know with Ryan O, we are the podcast all about all sorts of fun things, including pop culture references. We talk about history, science. We might even dabble about TV, might even go into geography, geometry. There's all sorts of crazy things that we could talk about, but we're not going to do it alone. Yes, folks, in this episode, we're going to be hanging out with our awesome special guest, the one and only amazing Marita Howard. Welcome back to the show. How are things going? I mean, things are always going great, aren't they? Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of crazy adventures have you been up to in the past week or so? In the past week or so, all of my crazy adventures have been pretty much in books or watching movies. <laughs> nice. What, what sort of um, books and movies have you been checking out? I have been reading through, I've been going through my movie list, all the DVDs I have, and then finding the books that correspond to those movies. So I recently finished Secret Life of Bees and The Help. Um, and I've been watching the movies after I finished the books. So. Does, does the the book, The Help, have the, 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 the poo pie in it? Yes, okay. that is very much straight from the book. Actually, the help follows the book incredibly well. So what about the secret life of bees? What's that sort of thing? So the secret life of bees was the girl runs away from uh, an abusive father to find more out about her mom. And she ends up on a uh, a farm with these women who raise bees. Okay. And it's a literal translation again. And it's, 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 um, Again, it's dealing with race issues. It's dealing with that time period. And the movie is ripped just straight from the book. It's word for word. It's really great. So do you prefer it when they have creative licensing or do you prefer them to go pretty close to the source material? I really love it when they stick close to the source material. Even when Peter Jackson has his little creative differences with removing Tom Bombadil? I, no, I don't. <laughs> I really prefer things to stick as close to the source material as possible. So you would rather have 45 minutes of Tom Bombadil just singing? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Let's make a three-hour movie four hours, shall we? Why not? <laughs> Try to think of like like Aragon. Have you read the Aragon one? No, I have not. That That makes two of us. I'm just looking to my right to see like which movies are based off of like books and whatnot. The only other one I can see to my right-hand side is uh, G.I. Joe, and that doesn't follow any sort of book. Not exactly, no. Well, it's like the Harry Potter books, I think, are far more interesting than the movies. The movies went way off course and just cut out all the best parts. So then what's your favorite book versus what's your favorite movie for the Harry Potter series? My favorite book is probably half-blood prince but my favorite movie is probably the first one just because it's so much more true to the 
the source material. Right on. I've never read past the Goblet of Fire because I'm so ADD that I can't get past, you know, 200 pages. That's totally fair. I love reading. I just got back into reading this past year. I probably read 30 books in the last like couple of months. So That's almost like a book a day. I at one point was going through two or three a week. Okay. So do you have time to do that with being a, a full-time nanny? I've made time. Okay. That's what usually things and my weekends have become is just become reading. Gotcha. So so it's uh, so there's not really time at work. It's all afterwards or before. Uh, yes, there's no time at work to even sometimes sit down and eat lunch. So yeah. yeah, trying to get them to eat is more of a chore than trying to also get you to eat as well. Lunch takes about an hour and a half there just to get all three kids to eat something. Yikes. Yeah. So what sort of things, because I know you're taking care of uh, possibly three kids at a single time. Um, what sort of things do they eat for lunch? Well, the... The oldest will only eat like peanut butter and jelly or a chicken sandwich. And that's it. Like she will not eat anything else. The middle child eats whatever was for dinner the night before uh, leftovers. And then we are also dealing with a baby who's just learning how to eat. <laughs> so he'll eat usually a little like yogurt or some puree. So that means you have to fix three separate meals for one single meal. Correct. <laughs> wow. And then on top of that, you have to find time to shove a granola bar in your own face. Yes. If I'm lucky, I have 10 total minutes to sit down and eat a sandwich or uh, most of the time what I end up doing is just like eating bits and pieces of like, if I'm cutting them an apple, I'll eat a bit of an apple. If I'm giving them carrot sticks, I'll eat a carrot stick. <laughs> so you're <laughs> so eating their table straps? That. Yes. All right. <laughs> I I do too. Um, but it was with caramel and um when we were working in the circus. <laughs> oh good. I mean I would never do that. No, of course not. Or like the little bits of marshmallow pieces that you didn't need for rodent years, it's fine. And, and and being a trainer and, you know, having someone make something just so that you could eat it later. Oh, no, there's too much chocolate on this strawberry. Guess I have to eat it. That was terrible. To this day, because of all the, the strawberries that were made, I I still can't really get go to the store and have a chocolate-covered strawberry. Like, it just doesn't seem appetizing to me. I don't think I've eaten one since we left the circus. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, what we're talking about is one of those little um, sweet shops that you'd see, like at a a theme park in theory, or at a like like little mom and pop area. One of those places that serves, you know, um, caramel apples and chocolate covered fruits and cookies and fudge and whatnot. Um, yeah, but it's like even bananas, like the bananas. Like adding nuts to them and then them going bad really quickly. Mm -mm. Oh, oh. And like sometimes the fruit would just shrink underneath the chocolate. And so then the chocolate would just like fall off in a sticky mess. Oh, no, no, no. 
lately, Rachel and I have been watching the Great British Baking Show, and it's a whole bunch of them doing all sorts of fancy fruits and cakes and adding chocolate and whatnot. And we saw one like they're inside a tent. So I was having flashbacks. They're inside a tent and um, it's super hot, like 100 degrees. And all of their chocolate is melting while they're trying to put it together before it cools and congeals. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Yeah, th that part's making me more stressed and it's probably making them more stressed. <laughs> probably. You're just getting like war flashbacks. Being in the trenches. I need 900 caramel apples now. Uh, so, so speaking of things from the past, recently um, I went online and asked people a whole bunch of fun things on Facebook, including the question of the week being, um, what's an animal that you'd like to see in its natural habitat? So I've asked this. I got a whole bunch of responses. Um, after I give a couple, you and I will give some opinions. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, so someone said um, whales, and so, someone else said a panda bear, and then we got a, a polar bear. So those are the first three. What do you think so far? Well, considering my first thought was pandas, I'm also on board with pandas in their natural habitat because those clumsy little, clumsy little bears would be fun to watch. Maybe they'd be less clumsy because it's their natural habitat as opposed to an artificial habitat. No, I think they're just as equally clumsy. Have you seen them? They're round and roly-poly. So they're like me. I'm round and roly-poly. <laughs> um, I mean, I can see the whales. That's really fun. Like whale watching is like a big thing. That would be entertaining. And polar bears would not be very safe. Like if you, you'd have to see them from a helicopter or a boat. Yeah. I don't know that I want to see the polar bears. I feel like I would end up being sad. Yeah, especially if they're super skinny. But but talking about things that are not super skinny, like hamsters is another answer. Um, someone else said koala and sloth. What would a hamster's natural habitat be? I don't know, but I'm immediately intrigued. <laughs> I feel like I don't think there are hamsters like out in the wild. I think that's something we just kind of created for ourselves let's find out a natural uh, let's see going on magical google uh, hamster <laughs> natural habitat uh they like to live in warm dry areas like um sand dunes and the edges of deserts they were brought to the united states in the 30s from syria huh. yeah so I guess that answers that. So going to the desert to see some hamsters. <laughs> so I guess maybe we should be giving hamsters like little sand baths instead of, you always see them in like, what do you call that? Like a pet bedding. I feel like that's not the right home for a hamster. Maybe he needs sand. Huh. I'm in. Sounds like a fun time. Um, so what else we got? We got um, cheetahs, snow leopards, and elephants. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm so averse to being in snow at this point that anytime it's like, 
you know, like the polar bears. Cold, no thank you. No leopards. Cold, no thank you. Well, that's because you and I, like, we grew up in the north where it's super cold, like, two-thirds of the year. Yes. So I'm done with cold now. And as much as it'd be fun to see a snow leopard out in, like, just playing in the snow or something, I'll watch it on TV. Yeah, I remember snow being fun uh, 5% of the time and then a pain in my butt 95% of the time. Like having to shovel my my car out of a three-foot snowbank is not fun. No, not fun. But sledding is fun for an hour. Sledding is fun in concept. If you have the exact right snow and the exact right sled and people have already been on the hill, so it's like flattened out, so it's like good, yes, sledding is fantastic. But then you start sweating from going up and down that hill so many times that you're just cold and also sweaty and also hot, but also cold. Like it's snow. We had this gigantic hill um, at Central Michigan. And when I took Rachel sledding for her first time, it was huge. Like it's 100 feet tall. And like 200 feet long. Mm -hmm. So so to go all the way down took you like a minute. And then to go all the way back up took you 10. (laughs) Uh, I need a ski lift for that thing. Pretty much. Like a mini ski lift would have been great. But it's a lot better when I was in college because we would go there um, after, you know, drinking so much that you could barely tell that you were on a hill because everything felt like a hill. There you go. But it was cool. It was perfect because it had just snowed the night before. So it was so fresh. Mm -hmm. And then right behind it, there was this path that you could walk around um, like just. We, we almost slipped. I say that like my, my, my dad and I definitely slipped. Rachel having the camera was like, oh, no, I've got this, you know, and and she's the one who wasn't used to traversing in that sort of terrain. But we almost slipped and fell into a creek that was frozen over. <laughs> so, so what has been your uh, craziest snow adventure that you can remember? Well, um, where I went to college, we were right on the Ohio River, and there was a flood wall, and the flood wall offered some really great hills. And so it's, I mean, anytime it would snow, it would usually ice over as well, and we would have sledding events uh, anytime the university was closed, and we'd go up on campus, and we would climb up on the flood wall, and we would come back down. And um, there was this one great stretch that you could go. It was it was great because it was like really steep and then it like flattened out down at the bottom and you would just keep going because it was all iced over and you would end up going past this whole stretch of housing, which was great. Um, and that's definitely where we spent a lot of time during the winter. <laughs> yes. Also after consuming some alcoholic beverages, it made it a lot more fun, though also a lot more dangerous. Well, yeah, cause, cause you don't have to worry about that sweating spot because you're already warm when you start with, because of all the, um, the warmth from the whiskey or super, super cheap vodka in your system. <laughs> or was it like, like those Mark Mike's hards or Smirnoff ices that, that kids used to drink back in the day. I say kids, I mean, you know, t- 21 at least year old kids. At least. Um, yeah. Well, we would usually have um, Smirnoff ices. Yep. But then I also had, 
the worst bottle of rum that has ever been gifted to me that seriously smelled like paint thinner, but it did the job. But you'd mix that in with the Smirnoff ices and make really bad decisions. So you're saying like the worst rum ever. What brand was it? You know, it came off of a military base. Uh, it wasn't like branded rum. It was my <laughs> brother was in the Air Force and decided for my 21st birthday, I needed a big, big bottle of white rum from a military base. And it's clear too. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was real bad, but, uh, it got the job done. Well, of course. I mean, drinking paint thinner would do that to you. Uh, zero out of 10 do not recommend. Sure. So if you're going to go with rum, uh, this podcast recommends spiced rum. Preferably with Coke or Pepsi. Or Dr. Pepper. Ooh, Dr. Pepper could be a thing. I've never really been into Dr. Pepper. I don't know why. No, I I think you should try it. I love Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Pepper is always in my house. Uh, but honestly, with rum, also ginger ale. Rum and ginger ale. I normally add whiskey to my ginger ale. Also delicious. Like, it took me a while to find, because Verner's is very much a north of the Mason-Dixon line sort of thing. And so it took us a yep. while to find some down here. And we did, and I'm like, this doesn't taste like I remember it. No, it doesn't. It used to be almost spicier, I suppose, is the word I want to use. Where, like, you get it anywhere near your face and it was just, like, immediately tickle. And, like, Averner's used to be what's up. But now I feel like it's almost, like, watered down. And and I think in order to make it better, um, so so this is us divulging into a conversation about uh, vodka and, and whiskey and whatnot. But... um. Jameson has their uh, stout um, cask mate, so it's a lot smoother. So you take the extra smooth with the extra ginger and the extra fizz, and it makes itself um, a little bit more more friendly of a beverage. Sounds pretty extra, though. <laughs> it does. It's really extra. And speaking of extra, we'll give everybody extra podcasts right after a word from our extra sponsors. Did you know with Rhino? We'll be right back after I try to pay some bills. Did you know that we have a fully functioning and totally awesome merchandise site that has all sorts of amazing things? Like a hat that says Team Ryan O. We've also got Ryan O is my hero. Did you know with Ryan O, the podcast, the hat? We've also got some amazing inside jokes written all over some pretty cool shirts, including Choices Were Made, uh, Adam's Cheese Steaks, and we even got the Rambunctious Johnson Sick Note Tour T-shirt. Plus, we've got some uh, can koozies, and we got some mouse pads, and some other awesome and amazing things. And they're all found on Zazzle.com/store/slash. Did you know with Ryan O? That's one word at the very end, no spaces. Did you know with Ryan O? Once again, Zazzle.com/store/slash. Did you know with Ryan O? Who knows? There might even be a sale today. Did you know with Rhino? All right, so that felt a little bit extra. So let's see if we can give you back what you wanted, peoples. Um, 
So, Marita, I have found all sorts of fancy, dancy science facts um, over the intro webs. And by the way, the last two responses for that question were dragons and gazelles. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so uh, here, got some fun science facts. Um, apparently, um, phobias may be caused by memories passed down genetically from our ancestors. So if you ever find yourself scream in public screaming at the sight of a spider, you can blame your great, 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 great grandfather for raising a spider colony. What? Uh-huh. That's, I mean, that's such an interesting idea that you could be gaining phobias from like being passed down like that. Like, that's so curious. Oh yeah. It was uh, uh, done by a, article known as the telegraph um, saying that memories and different information if it's done long enough can be stored in our dna and that's how our body automatically knows how to react based on fight or flight situations whoa which would explain <laughs> how um animals that are out in nature just automatically know how to animal how they know how to make animal that seems fair yeah I know so some really weird stuff that I've been able to find lately about the animal kingdom, like um, like raccoons. Raccoons see with their hands, while other animals um, use either sight, smell, or sound to hunt. So yeah, raccoons hunting with their hands or searching for food with their hands, as opposed to seeing things or smelling things. Raccoons have the creepiest little hands. I can't do it. <laughs> so what if you took raccoons' hands and added it to another creature to make it even scarier? Which creature would you add it to? <laughs> no, I don't want to add raccoon hands to anything. Raccoon's hands are what freaks me out. <laughs> okay, so then what sort of hands would you give a raccoon instead? I I don't know. I think it's the thumbs that kind of bother me. Like he has like little thumbs and I don't like that. I want them to have more paw-like hands. I want them to have like kitten paws. So a raccoon with kitten palms. That'd be great. Yeah. So, so then also let's change their tail to give it like a monkey tail. Yes. Let's just make them lemurs. Okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Little trash lemurs. Uh, now calling raccoons trash lemurs from here on out. Um, speaking of animals, um, the Canary Islands, what do you think the Canary Islands are named after? I would, I mean, they're Canary Islands. I would have hoped that they were named after canaries, but I guess that's probably not it. And what type of canaries? Are there different types of canaries? Aha. Uh -huh. Yes, there are. In fact, um, um, canaries are dogs. What? Yes, because the Latin phrase Canarie insule, I think that's how it is, is island of dogs. That's how we get the name canine from. What? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, um, it's off the coast of west, northwestern Africa. It's an archipelago part of Spain. So that's how they get it from it. So it's the not the you know island of birds, but island of dogs. Island of dogs. 
I, I didn't know that. That's so cool. But I'm wondering how many dogs are actually in the Canary Islands. That's a good question. I'm going to find out. Please do. Is this like how Key West is overrun by um, six toed cats? I think so. And how, like, there's a monkey island just full of crazy monkeys? Just full of monkeys. Don't go there. That's Monkey Island. Monkey Island. Uh, it just says that they are named after dogs. I got seven pages of them saying that they're deriving. Here we go. Dog breeds from Canary Islands. That's what I want. Oh, there you go. And they're saying it's called a perro de presa, um, which is just a canary dog. So it it kind of looks like a like a giant pit bull with like bat like ears. It's weird. Bat like ears. Yeah. So like like they they rise up to a point and then come back down in. Okay. Yep. They're called presa. Canario, so, or doggo canario. So I guess those are canary dogs. Canary dogs. Canary dogs. Dun, 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 dun. Let's see what else we got here. Um, speaking of archipelagos and whatnot, um, the world's most densely populated island is the size. Ooh, so here we go. Marita, how big do you think? the size of the world's most densely populated island is? How big do I think it is? Yeah. So there's, so there's an island called Santa Cruz del Islote. Um, so it's an island of Santa Cruz, um, which is off the coast of Colombia. So how big do you think this island with over 500 people is? It's got over 500 people. It's going to be like ridiculously small like one square mile kind of thing uh you're you're super close it's the size of two soccer fields what uh-huh. <laughs> yeah this island has 155 houses in it uh, wow uh-huh That's insanity. Like, no, thank you. So imagine um, your house, how with, so like, like, let's say your apartment. Let's say you have an apartment that's a two bedroom sort of thing. So two bedroom, one bathroom as a house. But having 155 of them basically stacked up next to each other with probably from this image to looks like um, 20 feet of yard. That just feels uncomfortable. But if they don't have, you know, cars to deal with and they all just have like bikes and and stuff, then it's really not that bad, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I, Maybe I, I just like space. <laughs> I like my space too. Like having um, at least 20 feet from here to the road is rather nice. Yeah. Um, so also in our amazing, crazy science and history facts of the week, I found out um, about 
power outages. Um, so apparently, uh, 10 to 20 percent of U.S. power outages can be caused by a single thing. What do you think that thing could be? Birds. Super close. <laughs> it's squirrels. Oh, so close. <laughs> Yeah, for the same reason, because, you know, animals that just like to chew at wires and whatnot. That, yep, that sounds about right. But it, it's an easy fix, but it's, you know, r ridiculous, at least. Mm -hmm. And before we shift gears a little bit, we just got to go to one more little uh, fun informational fact. Let's see, the word of the day. I know, I know. This is everyone's least favorite part. Um, so I'm going to tell you well, the I word. Well, I have to giggle because it's still word of the day, but it's actually of the week. <laughs> yeah, or or fort week or fortnight because every episode comes out. In... Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so the word of the day is feckless. F e c k l e s s. Feckless. Oh, I've heard the word feckless before. Oh. Cute. Um, best guess would probably be feckless. Oh, goodness. Now, I have no idea. I thought I had something and I lost it. Uh, let's see. I will give you it in a sentence. <clears throat> Many years ago in my feckless youth... I took a 20-hour Greyhound bus trip across the Midwest to Boston. See, I wondered if it was something similar to Reckless, or, or you know, you just kind of adventurous or ridiculous, perhaps. The last one's the closest one, because here it says, um, weak or ineffective or irresponsible. irresponsible okay 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 and it's such an english term because everyone else would would just not really want to to use it because like it's part of efficiency or feckless that's kind of where feck feck full meaning very efficient okay okay feckful sure let's see let's see if i can use feckful oh it's very scottish that's why Feckful me is very Scottish. And that's our crazy word of the week. Um, I, I've heard so many ridiculous words and phrases from watching the Great British Baking Show. Um, and I have a pretty good ability to understand all these accents because they're from all over the place. So some are from like British Isles, some are from like parts of India because India and was once an empire of, of England. Um, so there's all these different accents, but I think some of um, like like some other people would need to watch this show with subtitles because they don't understand the very specific uh, you know like dialects. So I'm wondering if people who would watch shows like like American TV shows like um, Parks and Rec or uh, 24 or NCIS would have a hard time understanding. Um, different American dialects. 
I'm sure. I mean, sometimes you'll come across someone who has like a very heavy, like Southern accent and you almost need, uh, you almost need like the, what is the word I need? Oh my gosh. A translator? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. All English out the window. Well, that's because you're, you're used to, you know, hanging out with a bunch of people who have the literary skills of a six-year-old. I mean, it's funny because sometimes I understand toddlers better than I understand adults. Which is because humans, human communication is 60% body language, 30% sound, 10% words. Yes. <laughs> I'm not percent sure that that worked out but okay sure yeah 60 30 10 i think that's 100 maths it, it adds up. maths yes maths added up yeah because when you see somebody if they have a frowny face you can immediately know that they're that they're mad um but if they're mm -hmm. frowning but they're using this tone of voice that means that they're being passive aggressive but if the words are very pleasant <laughs> like hi have a nice day sir you know that they're lying <laughs> That's true. Very fair. <laughs> yeah. Or you could be jumping up and down and be like, what's going on? Like, hey, it's a great day. That's what you could think. But really, it's, I have to pee. <laughs> Body dances are important. Body dances are important, especially when you have people who don't know how to control their own body functions, like toddlers. Yep. Or like Kevin from like The toddlers. Office. Or like Kevin from The Office, for sure. I was on Twitter this morning, and um, because all of The Office stuff was moved over to Peacock, um, they're taking advantage of it with their own unique Twitter account. And they're showing behind the scenes and stuff that you've never seen before. So this morning, it was a video about the the trip where they all took a bus um, to, I think, like like the okay. island. Season three? Oh no. Okay. Um, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. The office is kind of my expertise, but yes, when they go out to the beach day. And so uh, you got Michael in the very back and they're all singing. And so this video has them yeah. singing 500 miles and then they start singing tiny dancer and it's just them just like barely like, uh, Oh, me closer, tiny dancer. Which, whenever I hear Tiny Dancer, I always want to replace the word Tiny Dancer with Tony Danza. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be Tony Danza, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, 80s Tony Dancer, hold, or sorry, Tony Danza, hold me closer. But modern Tony Danza, eh, well, especially with a pandemic, don't hold me closer. No, don't hold me closer. <laughs> um, so, so talking about Peacock and all those fancy shows, um, what sort of show have you rewatched more times than you can count? Um, the Office is definitely one of them. I am greatly disappointed that it's been taken off Netflix, though I understand why it being NBC owns Peacock, so I understand why it got moved. Um, but The Office, New Girl... I was trying to think. I thought I had a third. Oh, Bob's Burgers, my third, that I've watched all of those episodes too many times. Bob's Burgers, that's one that I've only seen a, a handful of times. All I can really remember 
is like the 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 middle child just kind of or is she oldest? I think she's the oldest gal. I remember her dancing really yeah. awkwardly. Yes, yeah, that's what she does. Just awkwardly dances. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are your favorite parts about Bob's burger? Oh goodness. See, I love their the youngest child, her name is Louise. She wears that little bunny hat. Uh she's insane and I absolutely love her because she's always scheming and planning and plotting. Uh, so anytime she does anything, I'm here for it. Like, what would you say is her like craziest thing that she's uh, accomplished? Oh goodness, that's a good one. Um, there's a Thanksgiving episode where they're putting on a play to try to get the half day off of school. Um, and it's the older sister, Tina, has written it. And Louise decides she's going to make these big turkey heads, but costumes, fill them with turkey guts and explode them over the audience. Uh, that, that kind of reminds me of of when they're doing the, the play in the Addams Family movie, where like the, the guts yeah. go all over everybody. Yes, where they uh, are, what are they doing? Shakespeare, I think. They're bleeding on everyone. Yes. Very similar concept. The whole audience gets covered in turkey giblets and nonsense and mess. And Louise feels bad about it. She does. She regrets her actions in the end because it ruins her older sister's play. But it's such an amazing thing to pull off. Uh, it's just kind of impressive. So if, if you like being, you know, knowing what you know now, were a youngster, would you feel like you could, um, you know, pull off all those pranks or do you think you wouldn't want to based on moral principles? I, I wouldn't want to, I would feel so much guilt. I could not handle that. I'm, I'm too nice. I think at this point that I couldn't do things like that. I'm just, you know, bored enough as a child where I probably would do it just because I could. That, yeah, I think you would be more likely to pull off some of these things than I would. But that's only with knowing what I know now, because then um, I, I was I was brilliant, but but like not interested. But now I'm just too lazy to ever want to do things. I was always too nice. Like I could stand up to a bully. I could stand up for other people, but I wouldn't want to do anything cruel. Fair, because because. So I was always told as a youngster, um, given the choice and you always have a choice between doing what's right and what's kind, you choose what's kind. And then when when I became older, I realized there is a small amendment to that particular phrase. And that's um, unless you can't, then you choose beer. Always choose beer. Because there, there are sometimes where, like, like morally, um, you can't really be a hundred percent kind to someone who's being a jerk. Like, like you can try to just not also be a jerk. So that's the lesser of the two evils. But you're not going to be, you know, um, Mary Poppins next to someone who's being like Voldemort. Yeah, no. Because then the two energies, like, because there's sometimes you just can't change 
evil people, no matter how nice you are. So you just kind of have to grin and bear it and then limit your interactions with those toxic a-holes. Yeah, I don't like the phrase kill them with kindness. I think that killing them with kindness is a waste of your efforts. I think that if someone is that toxic, the answer is just to not. Yeah. You don't have to interact with people. And if you have to have some sort of like working relationship with those people, you don't have to give them anything. Which is what we've uh, seen happen with uh, Michael Scott in the office. <laughs> and all of his subordinates. Did you just want to send him to the office? No, but I found a way to do so. <laughs> um, so so in the show The Office, since I found a way to amazingly segue into it, who is your favorite character? My favorite character in The Office is Jim. Isn't, yeah. Jim Halpert. It's hard to have Jim like not be your favorite because Jim is basically all of us while we're watching The Office. So I guess if I'm going to choose like a less, if I'm not going to choose like Michael, Jim or Pam, it's Angela. Angela is my, is one of my favorites. I, one of my favorite, like not so popular characters is Robert California. <laughs> Robert. Yeah, because when he introduces himself to someone who's like got more power than him, he changes his name and accent to someone completely different. You don't even know my real name. I'm the Lizard King. <laughs> yeah, Robert California is. Uh, he was a nice addition to those last, like that that, that season. He was a lot of fun. And then you also. Uh, yeah, that one's one of the hardest ones because you had to sit through everyone that was trying to be funny but was not Michael Scott. Um, yeah, I, I I fell in love with The Office right before season three. I watched every episode as it aired from season three on. And that last, the last two seasons, I think, were a little shakier. Um, though I do think would have been Season seven, we have search search committee or whatever, when they're trying to hire someone new and you get Jim Carrey showing up, you get Ray Romano, you get that like odd assortment of like random people coming into interview. And I thought that was a lot of fun. Because a lot of people who were fans of the show or just wanted a paycheck to show up for a day and just be ridiculous. I, I almost wish, though, we could have gotten Amy Adams to come back for, like, a single episode just to kind of nod back to the first two seasons or, um, you know, just more Ricky Gervais could have been fun. Yeah, because he was only there for a couple of episodes, and it and it worked because it's paying homage to the original. And then so in that way, I would have loved to see more Martin Freeman. Yes. I think Martin Freeman would have been a really nice addition. Uh, Even if he would have played so, like an American cowboy. <laughs> could have been fun. Um, it was good. Like that Will Ferrell didn't really last. I don't think I would have enjoyed much more of 
him running D'Angelo Vickers running the office. And we got to um, hang out with, let's see if I can remember her name. I just keep on seeing her as Donna Noble from Doctor Who, but I'll get there. Catherine Tate. Um, yes, uh, Nellie Bertram. Yeah. <laughs> And so she shows up, and so and then before that, when you had Saber, so like Kathy Bates or or Sabre, as they originally thought it was, Kathy Bates yeah. um, being the owner. Um, after we got to see um, a lot of who's who's the dude, like in the first two seasons with the glasses and the haircut. David Wallace. David Wallace. Yeah. So so after David Wallace, you get some get a whole bunch of Kathy Bates doing her thing. And, and that was ridiculously enjoyable. And I, I think like each season has its own point of, of like, it leads up to this, but you could just watch an episode by itself and, and just be okay. Not having to worry about, am I missing what came before? Am I worried about what's after that? Yeah, that, that was one of the things I really like about The Office is that you could pick and choose just random episodes and still have enough information to understand what's going on. That's why I like some of the um, the episodic TV as opposed to serialized. Because um, the episodic ones, you could watch a uh, thing of The Twilight Zone have a complete story, and then the following week, you could have something completely different. Same thing with uh, the Batmans from the 60s. You'd get your two-parters, and then after your two-parters, the next week would be completely different. You just had to watch the two-parter. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely true. Uh, so then your your third show that you were talking about, so let's see, Bob's Burgers, The Office, and there was one more that you mentioned. New, New Girl with New. Uh, Nick Miller, Nick Miller. From the streets of Chicago, yep. I was uh, recently... Um, listening to Prince just on my break. And I immediately thought of the new girl episode because it's just Prince being 100% Prince. <laughs> yes. Uh, where they get invited to a party at Prince's house. Yeah. And it's just awkward. Just the three of them just staring at each other. Yeah. I really love where you've got Nick Miller, Prince, and then Jessica day all just sitting on a bench not even looking at each other for a little while and then occasionally just giggling because they're there with Prince. And, and Prince is just kind of like, hey, I, I know that there's something going on between you and I'm bored, so uh, sup. Yep, yep. Because yeah, yeah, over the holiday season, um, I kept on quoting Nick Miller because there was that, that infamous cookie incident. Yes, you did. Yes, yes, I did. Because like every every day, like we were trying new baked goods and and new things, and so it's like, well, you you give me cookie, I I give you cookie. You got me cookie, give me cookie. Um, well, and I like that. But my favorite thing about the cookies comes from the first Christmas episode with Jess. She's sitting in a bathroom, and she says, "What are you doing in here? Eating cookies and avoiding confrontation?" Like. That's my favorite like line that ever came out of New Girl. That's just a good mantra for most crazy families. Right? Eating cookies and avoiding confrontation. I think that should be like somebody's profile on like Instagram or Twitter or whatnot about me. 
I eat cookies and avoid confrontation. Like I might have to change my, my Twitter profile now just for that. That would be an excellent reason to change the Twitter profile. Uh, so, so out of the, um, the new girl, like, like loft family is your favorite character, um, Nick Miller. And if so, why? Yes. Nick Miller is my favorite character because, you know, he is, I think he's so real. Um, cause it's that laziness. It's that I want more out of life, but I'm not willing to go get it. Um, <laughs> And just feeling beaten down by the world around you, but still, you know, trying to participate with everyone else. <laughs> I I used to like think that um, that it was Coach, and and then I'm like, nah, it's it's Winston. And so like I have a, a toss up between both of them, just trying to to fight to see who's going to be the most ridiculous on screen at any given time. I think. Winston's character really evolved through the seasons and his obsession with Fergus and the cat and kind of just melted away into like, what is Winston? Who is Winston Bishop? He got, he got very silly. And then of course there's Mr. Schmidt. Oh, Schmidt. Schmitty. I, I think Schmidt is definitely my least favorite character. Um, but I think he's necessary. I think all of them are necessary for the show to be as good as it is. Um, but I just, he's so difficult, especially in the early seasons. It's so difficult to deal with Smith. Well, with the, the first season, they tried to make it a show that was mostly about Jessica Day. And then they had these little characters on the side. But the writers quickly realized, just based on from watching it, that the ensemble was more popular than just Zoe. Yeah. And it was her yeah. interactions and with them. It was, it was her interactions with them that made it so great. And cause like, I love Zoe Deschanel. I love the character of Jessica day. I find her very relatable. That's very much how I kind of take on life is singing and dancing and continuing to be as happy as possible. Um, but it really was like how she interacted with the with the boys in the loft and how her relationship with her friend Cece kind of changed over time. And, you know, that finding herself while finding out who her friends were that really created the best parts of those shows. Some of my favorite episodes are the holiday episodes. Like when when they picked up, let's see, it was when they went to the the neighborhood and all the lights were off because it was like two or three o'clock in the morning. And they were just trying to make Jessica like smile. I think that was like the entire reason they did it. Yep. Um, and Nick was going to be late flying home. He was going to miss his flight. That's again, that's one of the early Christmas season or Christmas episode. Um, yeah. Candy cane lane. Candy cane lane. Then everybody's shouting, come on. Turn on your lights. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like my neighborhood turns off their lights it around to, one o'clock. Oh, there you go. Well, that's good to know. A lot of a lot of the places around me keep everything on all the time. So there you go. You were saying that um, that Jess keeps on comparing it to something. They were. She was comparing 
you know, Christmas isn't going to be um, like Love Actually where everyone's at the airport. No, that's later, isn't it? There's one episode where she's comparing it to Love Actually about being at the airport and uh, God only knows what I feel about you plays, but she's singing it. But I think that might be a later episode. I think I might be getting myself my Christmas episodes mixed up. Well, because the, the theming of most Christmas episodes is always the same because what makes it a Christmas episode? You've got to have like your... Um, you got to have your lights. You got to have your your trees and presents. You got to have a conflict, and then you have to have the the overall message being that togetherness and a, a celebration of life is the most important thing. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm getting them all mixed up, but they're all great. <laughs> well, yeah, because um, like like some of the the holiday episodes of any show. Um, cause back in the day, they realized that everybody was off. So if you wanted to get more views for your show, you, you tried to theme it around that same time because everyone's going to watch it. So their budget kind of increased for those mid season, um, breaks, um, or for their traveling episodes, because in the eighties and early nineties, they did a lot of big trip episodes. Everyone went to Disney World. Exactly. Whereas in New Girl, their their big trip episode was on a cruise ship. But really, 90% of that um, episode was in a single room. Yes. Cruise, 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 cruise. Or there's, you know, the season premiere, I believe, of one of them where they were in Mexico. Her and Nick ran away to Mexico. Yes. and, And by Mexico... You mean, um, you know, the, the desert right outside of L.A. Pretty much. That's all you got to do in order for it to seem like Mexico. It's like when I watch a lot of um, these movies on, on for TV. So like all these Hallmark movies, they claim that they're in like uh, Seattle when really they're filmed in Vancouver. Or they claim that they're <laughs> somewhere in the Northeast when really... They're in Vancouver, or they claim that they're on a farm somewhere in Montana when really they're in Vancouver. I really expected you to say something else like they're in Georgia because, oh, you know, Georgia's a big filming location. So. And sometimes they are. So they, they filmed one that was supposed to be in like New York City, but it was really filmed in Atlanta. <laughs> I haven't seen those in a while because we had our year like like our year package deal for cable. And then at the end of the year, the price skyrocketed. So we decided let's just get streaming services instead. Yep. And Hallmark has a streaming service, but like it's expensive for what they're offering. I think that's the problem now is that there's too many streaming services and they found that they can charge a, too much money for them and people will still pay it. So now we're ending up paying more than cable with all the streaming services if we want everything, but because you have some like like prime that have like a handful of awesome things and then there are three handfuls of garbage. Yeah. Whereas Netflix has two handfuls of okay things 
and one handful of garbage. Yes. And they're Hulu consistently, the yeah, they're consistently showing like the same sort of quality, but the other people are just constantly lacking and lacking. And then they created what? What's the the horror one? Um, starts with an S. I know what you're talking about, where it's like all the horror movies and things got moved onto that. Oh, it was real big around Halloween. They were offering like a free month of Halloween. Shutter. Oh, there it is. Yep. Shutter. I'm sure everyone was screaming at the podcast while they were listening to it. It's Shutter. Why aren't you? <laughs> um, uh, so, so speaking of, of Halloween, um, as, as you and I both know, we talked about a long time ago about creating a horror theme park. Wait, two years ago, three years ago at this point, we talked about a horror theme park? At, at, at this point, yeah. And it was ridiculous. But it made me think um, about what if each, um, if that was just a land in a theme park and you could take other themed lands and make it the ultimate theme park. What sort of interesting land in a theme park would you want that you've never seen before? Do you know what I want is I want a Lord of the Rings theme park, like okay. land. I want to be able to go, cause I can't go to New Zealand. I'm not going all the way out there, but I want to go into like little hobbit houses and I want, I want that. Uh, my middle name is Arwen. I really liked the Lord of the Rings movies uh, when they were coming out, though I've never seen any of the Hobbit movies. I mean, to be honest with you, um, they're okay. <laughs> I love, I, I yeah, but like, I love the idea of being able to like stroll through some of this, but I can't go all the way to New Zealand. Okay, so then if you were to create um, one, what would two different rides look like? You could have a um, kind of like a flight simulator kind of thing for riding the big eagles. I'm not going to remember the name of anything. So I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> because, you know, they, they're those giant eagles. It'd be great to have like a flying simulator, right? And then you could do almost like a roller coaster, I suppose, of, um, I don't know, I want a Mordor themed roller coaster somehow yeah I, I was thinking you could do a roller coaster but through the mines of moria okay yes that would also work and, and so you you end up um towards the end like so you get chased by a troll and you keep going and you're just kind of following them as they go like like they did and um at universal with their gringotts ride and yes so, and so you mm -hmm. keep on going yeah, absolutely and at the very end of the ride, um, you you sadly have Gandalf saying, F um, "Fly, you fools!" or "Run, you fools!" Mm -hmm. And then at the I think that's perfect. Escape. That's, yeah. Let's see what else. Oh yeah, and then another one. I'm thinking of the Ents. So like you're you're traveling like it's a water ride, but instead of your boat, you're on like this mm -hmm. this giant Ent as you're going around the White Tower. Oh, I love that. That's fun. And so, so then like what sort of fun souvenirs 
would you want to purchase at this Lord of the Rings theme park? Well, I want a pint glass. Instead, I want it to say that it's a pint glass, but I want it to be larger. And I want it to stay on it. It comes in pints, like question mark. Um, but I want it to look like if I was a Hobbit-sized individual, if it, what a pint-sized glass would look to a Hobbit. So I want it to be quite large. Oh. Let's see. Having people buy the one ring would, of course, like have to happen because it's, you know, theming. Yeah. I know. I mean, Not yeah, you can have rings. see giant pint glasses um what about the broken nazgul blade yes actually that would be really cool but it lights up i also want i I want uh, that lighting up would be perfect i want the um the leaf brooches that they get from the elves Ooh, what i'm talking about like a trading pin Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like a super big big leaf trading pin that'd be cool yeah. And then you'd you'd have to be able to eat and drink at the Prancing Pony because that's just your iconic thing. That's like going um to Gaston's Tavern or going over to um the Three Broomsticks or you know anywhere in Leaky Hogsmeade. Cauldron. Yeah. Leaky Cauldron. I got you. Right on. Um so I I guess after all this fun um, chat we're sadly coming up at the end of this episode um, so I guess now it's time for us to come up with a question for our audience based on a conversation that we've had during the episode so what do you think the question of the week should be well I want to know what other people would make lands in our mythical theme park okay uh, in a mythical theme park or imaginary theme park, um, what land would you want? Love it. Yeah, well, you know, because we could keep coming up with ideas all day, but I, I want to know other people's ideas. And, and I also, like, if I'm going to keep coming up with ideas all day, I want to get paid. Like, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you very much, Marita, for joining us on this adventure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It has been my pleasure. Um, If you folks want to answer that question or any question, you can do so by checking us out on Twitter at DidYouKnowRyanO, Facebook, DidYouKnowWithRyanO, or just send an email, DidYouKnowRyanO at gmail.com. For those of us out here, to those of you over there, we hope that you find your awesome, hold on to it, and share it with the world. I've been Ryan O, and we'll see you next time.